0: Hi, I'm Jennifer Isabella,
1: and I'm Keith Johnston,
0: your co-host for Forrester's podcast, What It Means, where we explore the major changes in the market influencing executive priorities. Today, we're joined by Vice President and Senior Research Director, Matt Garini, to discuss our 2022 predictions for tech leadership and innovation. Welcome, Matt. Thank you for
1: having me. So uh, let me kick it off by just saying it's like we've spent two years now or almost two years in the pandemic. Um, so much of the focus for tech execs have been on you know short-term strategies, uh, many scrambling for survival. Uh, the good news is we've had an acceleration of digital transformation. Uh, the schedules that you know it's we're ahead of schedule there, um, and we have an economy that looks like it's creeping back, but the conditions are really different. Um, give us a high level of what 2022 is going to look like for the CIOs and CTOs out there.
2: Sure. Uh, Well, Let's start with the impacts of the economy, right? So to your point there, Keith, um, you know, we had a lot of challenges for those 18 months or so, and there was a lot of uncertainty, a lot of short-term decisions made. But over the last six to eight months, we've seen some growth. And we've been looking at, Tech spend growing in excess of about 6%. So that's healthy tech spend, uh, about a point higher than it's been for the average of the last five years or so, taking out uh, the core of the pandemic. So healthy spend. And the reason for that is companies really need to start to make the shift from all this short termism that they've done over these last X number of months, you know, doing whatever we had to do to help our employees, serve our customers. So that shift now is I need to match the demand, I need to spend, and I need to do it in a long-term fashion so that I can take a lot of the short-term things I did and monetize them for the long-term. So we see some good opportunities moving forward. Um, The numbers have tempered a little bit, so we think there'll probably be a little bit of a tempering there, but we still see pretty strong growth moving forward.
1: It is true that for almost every company, the trajectory of their business has forever changed. Um, we have complexities on the how, where and, and what we do for work. Um, there's talent shortages. We've already talked a little bit about this you know fluctuating you know economy. Um, what are some of the big calls in 2022 uh, that you know tech execs are going to be thinking about to address this?
2: Well, let's start with one you, you, you hit a little bit on. Let's start with the people side of things. Um, you know, the last few years, people has, has been a challenge, and we think it's only going to get worse. And, you know, we actually call it a tech talent panic. Um, there's a few factors driving this when you think about it. Um, first, when you look at tech jobs, uh, they have some of the highest attrition of any industry. Second, um, these jobs take longer than most industries to fill. Um, the third thing with the advance, how the rapid advancement of technology, it's hard to find people with the skills that you, you typically need. And then the last one, um, and this one's a really interesting one. Um, and I'll give you an example from um, it was from London. Um, a lot of companies are talking about challenges of getting any employees because the top tech talent is all going to big tech, big consultancies or the startups. And so, this challenge of how do i bring people into my company at a price point that i can afford becomes a critical challenge and so you know when you're not one of those companies that just attracts talent you're now going to be drawing on whatever you can get to be able to look, to deliver for your company and that's going to start to drive some major changes in the way that a lot of cios and ctos are going to have to operate their businesses because you're not just going to be always be able to do what you've done over the past, you know, five, 10 years.
0: But what are those levers, Matt? What are the levers that they will need to be pulling in 2022 to, to fill that gap?
2: There's a, there's a couple of levers here. You know, the, the first one's going to be um, is the experience, right? And so one of the challenges that we see is... With the high turnover rates, right? Um, I think we talk about it being almost 14% attrition for IT firms. Um, When you see that attrition, part of it is the experience that people have in tech, um, specifically with diverse tech workers. You know, the experiences haven't been great. So we're talking a lot to tech leaders about how do you create those great experiences? So when you bring people into the organization, They have a great time and they stay, they grow. And then that attracts other people from within your company. And then you start to become a talent magnet from outside. Okay, so that's one, create those great experiences so that you're not fighting that higher attrition because people leave because they're not enjoying the job. Um, The second one, you're gonna have to think different about technology. Um, There's a lot of developments going on right now. Obviously it was the cloud, cloud is still very big. Um, platforms, um, the other side of things, low-code, no-code platforms as well. These technologies are going to enable you to shift some of what is being done by humans into more of what's being done by the machines. Automation is another element of that. Now, we don't just sit there and say, oh, we're just getting rid of the humans. What you want to do in that example is you move the humans to the higher order processes, higher order value creators, like creativity that you put on top of the machines. Um, the third thing, there's a bunch of new emerging talent uh, platforms that people are going to access, right? So there's all different types of uh, company, Upworks, Fiverr, things like that, where people are going to reach out to those companies. And then the last one, um, which we think is going to accelerate here is you're going to need to work with your partners in a much more deep strategic relationship than ever before. Um, These partners, if you remember, I, I earlier said that the best people are going to big tech and big consultancy, and they are now magnets for talent. And they're taking that talent and they're investing billions of dollars per company into technology, and then they're surrounding that with their knowledge of industry And they're bringing in data and other relationships and they're building strategic solutions. And so that relationship of, you know, maybe I don't do everything anymore, uh, don't do everything anymore. In the old days, we called that outsourcing. But I was really just looking at tactical, standard, little pieces of the business. But now we can see that getting, you know, really to a co-innovation level with your partners. And so I think those are the four things that you're going to have to look at for solutions to this tech talent panic.
1: Yeah, now we have a there's a there's a lot of human in our predictions, you know, we're, we're focusing on the, the the person employee experience, um, you know, in a lot of the different predictions we did this year. Um, I want to go to our first prediction in our tech exec that talks about the best tech execs will leap from digital to human centered tech transformations. What's what's behind that? Tell me tell me more. What the, is that? What is that?
2: So you know the, the 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 real challenge here Keith is that we've been investing for years trying to do this thing called digital transformation and it's really been driving two things that I don't think a lot of people are aware of. The first one when we did some research on this we found that over the last 20 years the return on IT investments has been falling. So at the same time we try to tell everyone about the wonders of tech and we go to our boards and we go to our CEOs and we tell them about all the wonderful things we're gonna do with technology, the returns on those investments is actually falling. And then the second thing is, when you look at the solutions that we've been delivering, we are seeing more and more of what we call digital sameness. And digital sameness in simple terms is making big digital bets and ending up with the same solution as your competitors. You can do this if you go look at um, go look at retail, go look at uh, transport like airlines and things like that. If you go take multiple competitors and look at their offerings, mobile, web, you'll find that you, the ability to identify how they really differentiate from one another is very difficult from a digital standpoint. And so when we looked at this, we were really trying to get to the bottom of what needs to change? So, that you can be more successful in how you think about these transformations. And when we did that, we really started to focus on the links and the value that CX and EX focused transformation can drive. And so, by getting the proper focus in place, making the right bets, this is what's going to drive your competitive advantage. This is what's going to drive gains in productivity because you're Focus on delivering specifically for those customers and those employees, and that is what's ending up a little bit different from where we were in the past.
1: So to close that thought, it's like, so what is the what is the tech exec's role in understanding that human transform you know, transformation? Because um, when I think about the tech exec, I don't think about them really focusing on the human. What is what is it that they do between you know bonding that CX and the EX to drive competitive advantage?
2: Well, the first thing is, you know, we've talked, we've been t- pushing this for a few years now, but, you know, any tech exec in our mind who is not focused on their external customer, the people that give the revenue to the business is probably not going to last as long as as they would hope. Um, you really need to understand how you're making your company makes money and what those companies, uh, what those com- customers want from you. So, When you get to that point and you start to understand that, then the tech exec is now getting aligned with the business. And that's the critical miss in a lot of these relationships. You know, how does that CIO and that CMO come together and then start to make the right investments? How do they create the right strategic partnerships, right? How do they put the right innovation practices in place? All of these things come together where today, or for people that aren't at this point, you know, they're off doing them in bits and pieces and we don't get the holistic, wide-scale change that we want for the customer and for the employee. But when you bring it all together and you get it right, that's where we're going to start to see a CIO who's much more aligned, much more of a partner to the business, and they're delivering for the same objective that everybody else in the business is working, how to make that great customer experience.
0: When we're talking about, you know, investing in partners in your ecosystem partners and thinking about working with potentially some of the same consulting partners that your competitors are and co-innovating with them. Is there a risk of not differentiating your experiences because you're using the same partners? Or is it because you're so you so deeply understand your customer or your prospective customer and focusing on their needs, what their wants are? that it doesn't matter that you're using the same partners to maybe develop experiences or, you know, you know, whatever your products and services are.
2: It's, it's a real risk, Jen. Um, cause if you think about it, when these companies are building these solutions and as they get more into what we call, you know, industry or vertically, um, focused solutions, you know, am I just going to get the same thing that they've sold five times over? Um, what we see as a differentiator here is some work that's come out of different sets of Forrester analysts. First, James McQuivy has done some work where James t- talks about how everyone's got access to similar talent, similar pools of capital, and similar technology. And so when you look at that, if all of those things are similar for competitors, how do you differentiate? And James postulates that creativity. Is what's going to set you apart from the from the crowd. Jay and Ted have now taken that creativity and they show how we're on the on the edge of a creativity boom. Um, often out of periods of great strife, you'll see t- creativity and innovation take off. And not to say that we didn't have creativity and how we've gotten through the pandemic, but moving forward, those companies that build on it are gonna be the ones that take advantage. And so when we come back to this partner side of things, if you're just taking the solution, dropping it in and saying, great, let's go, the people that are gonna be different are gonna be the ones that surround that with their own talent, with their data, and bring in that creative problem-solving capability. I'll make one point here. Creativity is not innovation. We typically see companies invest time and money in innovation and they don't get the results that they want. And one of the big reasons is they don't have the right thought process in the company. That's creativity. Those companies that do those things really well, creativity flows throughout the organization. And so when you think about how you're going to work with your partners in this sense, or even in those areas where you're not working with partners, creativity is going to be a create a critical dimension moving forward for how companies are going to work different. Now, one last thing. A lot of tech execs may be out there thinking, oh, I don't do creativity. The things I say to them is the technology that you deploy typically does two things. One, it gives us more time. Two, it gives us more knowledge. So what does your company do with that time and knowledge? Some people will you know, right-size it and they'll bring it back. And when they do that, they, they take the gains as efficiency. The, the leaders that we see are the ones that take that increase in time and knowledge and they use it to deliver better experiences, new products, right? They, they, they innovate around services. And so that's the piece of it that's going to be really important, whether it's with that partner or even when it's the areas where you're working within your own company.
1: Creativity is what motivated a lot of the the best tech execs out there to you know spin up you know online commerce, you know, uh, you know develop some platforms to deal with supply chains, uh, lots of hybrid eye experiences, building technologies to connect to you know employees who couldn't get access to to do what they needed to do. Um, that happened. We've been doing that for two years. We've had lots of innovations that we've been tracking. But in one of your predictions, you believe that tech debt will actually worsen in 2022. Tell us about that one.
2: Yeah, it's, it's to, to some people this one's a little counterintuitive, right? But but just think about it, right? You know, we were investing so much in technology, and then the pandemic happens, and a lot of companies, you know, I, I talked about creative. Another dimension of future fit is resilient, and some companies were just more resilient in the pandemic than others. You know, they were very much cloud native and the ability to get employees working from home and delivering value was no problem. We know a lot of companies that had to move physical assets. They had to move filing cabinets to homes so that people could manage workflows. Um, We know loads of companies where it was they had to buy laptops. All of a sudden they had to think through, you know, video communication. Um, They had to think through then more detailed around Which of their solutions could they put up into the cloud? And then from the cloud, could they then run in a very distributed fashion? And so because of the urgency we had to be able to maintain business, a lot of decisions were made very quickly and implemented very quickly. Now, there are positives in that. That ability to move fast, companies need to seize that and say, how do we keep that? Because what usually happens is in a crisis You find ways to do things, and as soon as the crisis is over, you take a step back and go right back to the old ways of working. Now, unfortunately, while everyone was making all these quick, short-term decisions, they're now finding out that those decisions, while they got us through that last two years, now we're looking at a tech landscape that has a lot of challenges in it. And so to go forward and think about how we get value from that, we're kind of going back, taking a step back, saying how do I rationalize that estate? How do I make sure what's going to be an enduring solution? You know, what's foundational versus, you know, as I go forward, how am I going to then build on top of that? So we think that this is a critical one. Um, You know, we've talked about tech debt for, you know, decades now. And interestingly, Everyone thought that the cloud would solve that problem, and um, even in a non-pandemic world, the cloud has created some challenges on that, right? Because anybody can buy technology now, so that shadow IT piece comes in a little bit too. So, so we see multiple levers there driving challenges. But you know, the, the the leaders, you know, those are the ones that are gonna, you know, work with their business partners. You know, similar to before, they're gonna get on top of it with you know taking a look at how. We can drive end-to-end CX going back to that, you know, the human-centered transformation. They're going to really think about how to make the, the positive short-term bits around how do I govern quicker? You know, how do I, you know, manage agile? But then over that longer term, they're going to look at the value streams. They're going to look at the ecosystem. They're going to modernize, the, you know, their, their architectures. And then they're going to continue that, that, that move to the cloud.
0: How about less shadow IT? Is that going to diminish?
2: You know, in a perfect world, it does. But, you know, interestingly, when we talk about low code, no code, you're really starting to talk about pushing the capability for solving customer challenges out to the employees. And in some cases, even out to the customer. But let's just stop at the employee for now. So as I do that, Um, I'm pushing more of what today's IT does out to the rest of the company. And so we call that democratization of development. And democratization of development has some very interesting long-term impacts. One of them is taking what we call shadow IT today and effectively shining a light on it and saying, you know what, you guys have wanted shadow, have it. We're going to give you these tools. Now, I think you're going to need to see it managed in a way that what we did with um, like big data, right? You know, one of the challenges on big data is do I control it all centrally? Do I push it all out to the business? What most people do is kind of that middle ground solution where certain parts are controlled centrally and then you're given like rules on how you can build around the solution. So with this democratization you know that ability to take that shadow it and say look solve your own problems within these kind of guardrails right is something that we could see so so shadow it right now yeah i think you'll you'll still see it but you know this idea of democratisation could put a different spin on it
1: so um we have uh, we have a couple of themes in our predictions this year but Uh, You know, one of these that keeps surfacing now is the tech exec making better business decisions as a result of what we've done the last couple of years. Uh, No better way to motivate collaboration and making better business calls than getting them more connected to the business itself. Uh, You made a call at the end of the predictions. What was that? What was that prediction you made?
2: Yeah, um, this one was, you know, really rooted in and, and solidified. Through the pandemic, and you know, for years, tech execs have always wanted to be more of, you know, an equal at the table. And when you get to the real leaders in tech, they are. But there's a lot of people where you know, tech is still a bit of a, you know, a step behind some of the other key roles or what are perceived as key roles. The the pandemic really shined a light on the importance of tech solving these problems. And like you said in your upfront bit, Keith. You know, accelerated digital transformation, right? You know, moved us forward multiple years on on plans that that were in place, and so when we look at that, that raised the perception of these uh, tech execs. And when it did that, it showed that they were solving business problems, right? They're not just saying, "What do you need here?" They were actually people were coming to them saying, "You know, how can you help us?" And now, as they do that they're starting to look at that and say well we need to think different about how we gold these folks and so the, the 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 prediction we put out there is that you know 10% of tech execs are going to be gold on revenue and so as part of that the same way a COO or the same way that you know a head of sales might be gold around the revenue generating capability of their team CIOs CTOs same thing because if you think about it the end of the day, the solutions that you provide and deliver are being used to drive business results. If you can create that connection, that's going to put you in a better spot. If you're going to be in that spot, be gold on it. And so that's where we think some of these progressive companies will start to draw that connection and start to really build out a tech shop that's gold on very similar dimensions to the rest of the business.
1: You know, we shine the spotlight on the tech exec these last couple of years, you know, because we needed technology more than ever. Um, Do we get a new breed of CIO or CTO in 2022?
2: Um, I'll answer that two ways. You know, the first one is I think you're going to continue to see more and more tech related roles, right? You know, the alphabet soup is, you know, just going to get more letters in, in your bowl, right? You know, we've already, if you think back, you know, when I was doing my CIO gig, Um, I was a CIO, and then we carved out a CISO, and then we did a digital officer, right? And then, you know, when I look back, um, I wasn't a CIO at this point, but now you're seeing companies bring in chief analytics and chief data officers, right? So they're taking parts and creating all that. So I think as you look forward, um, you're going to see, because of the importance of tech, you're going to see more tech leaders in these companies, there's a lot of good in that. The challenge, and this goes into one of our predictions, is are all these people going to be able to work together effectively to deliver for the organization? Right? We see a lot of people that try and go into you know, create new operating models. Oh, we're going to be a product-based uh, model. And the next thing you know, they don't understand how all these roles are working together. So, so that would be the first part. But the second part of that, um, I think the this, this CIO is going to continue to take on more and more prominence. I think as part and parcel of that, I think you're going to see much greater appreciation of the business within those folks. Of the, of, the, of the CIOs we engage with, those that understand the business and it gets tied into that revenue we were talking about, that's what businesses are looking for. They're looking about how to drive alignment between business and tech, make it seamless, ideally, um, So I think, you know, the star is going to keep rising, but I think there's going to be more people aiming for that star.
1: Mm. So we only put five predictions uh, in every document. I know Jen's curious. What's the one that didn't make it?
2: Yeah. So um, one of the ones that, that we were really interested on was this whole idea of leadership. Right. And when we did this, I, I kind of just alluded to the whole alphabet soup. And we really think that, you know, we were making the case that there are going to be significant numbers of companies that don't get this right. And because they don't get it right, it's actually going to act as a damper on the ability for tech to effectively deliver. And so at the same time, I just made, I tried to make a passion case for tax rising star. You know, sometimes tech can shoot itself in the foot like anybody can, but you know, There's this idea of, if I can't get my operating model done correctly, if I can't drive tight connections with the business, we're going to lose faith. The business will lose faith in, in the tech team. And when they do that, we'll get to Jen's point around more shadow IT. We're going to get to this point where you're going to lose trust. And when you don't have trust, no, you're not going to be able to build. And so you're going to get back to a very transactional, back to an order taker status. And so the prediction we were looking at was around how the companies that don't get this right are going to see, you know, potential losses in, in and, you know, senior leadership and things like that because they weren't able to make the model work.
1: So this is one of those scenarios where this whole idea of human centered tech transformation, you know, is critical, right? You have to under, you can't be designing meetings around a physical meeting because a meeting is many places now.
2: Absolutely. And and that, that's that point about driving it for, you know, what, what we talked about two factors, right? For CX and for EX. Yeah. And, it's a, you know, think about it, you know, I'll go to your world and I'll talk about, you know, how do I engage customers, right? You know, and more than ever before, I have to be able to engage them in a store and online, right? You know, multiple... I have to be on multiple channels and be able to seamlessly move through those channels so that if they're at home shopping, the experience they get is on par with when they're in the store. And so I think this is one from a tech standpoint that's going to be really interesting to watch about how people will try and drive that parity of experiences that they get, regardless of where they're working.
0: Yeah, I mean, that to me is a leadership culture and technology intersection moment, right? To be able to bring parity across regardless of how you're you're working. Because it's not just, it's the, te- the tech that enables that, but it's the leadership to ensure that regardless of where you're working, you're not at a disadvantage perception-wise if you're not in in the office versus working from home versus, you know, whatever, wherever you may be, so...
1: Parity may not be obtainable, but certainly we need to aspire to push right. for it. Yeah,
2: right? yeah. And and two, two things, one to something each of y'all said is, you know, so first one, Jen, to your point, you know, right away, you said, oh, this is a leadership culture tech. And so that's what speaks to human centered, but it also speaks to, you know, the problems we're solving more and more tech is a critical part. And so that's what's driving so much of what we're talking about here. And then Keith, to the point that you're talking about, It's not achievable today, tomorrow, but it will, you know, at a point we're gonna get there. And one of the big things I point out is go look at what Facebook just announced, right? With their whole change of the company name to Meta, you know, this whole idea, Zuckerberg is in, I think they're saying like 10 billion a year that they're investing to start driving towards this concept of metaverse. And it's I will guarantee you that they are not just focusing on this for a bunch of people sitting in their house to do social networking. Just like everything else that Facebook and these other companies have done, what they've done for individuals, they've taken into the enterprise as well. And so, you know, when will it be? Might be five, might be 10 years. But if you're not prepared for it and thinking about it, it's a challenge.
1: So uh, one last thing. Does the tech exec have a uh, 2022 New Year's resolution? You got a call
2: on that? New Year's resolution for the tech exec. Yeah. I, if if I would go with anything, I think for that resolution and what they've got to get focused on is, I, I just think they have got to get out of this short term and and get into this long term strategic plan that brings in the other stakeholders and builds those deep relationships. You know, if, if they don't do that, they can go do some of the best transformations in the world. You know, if they're just you know focusing on how they deliver efficiency. You're not going to get there. It's when you start to get to effectiveness and you start to get aligned with the businesses. And until they make that leap, the tech exec, I think you're going to struggle. And I know a lot of people maybe look around and saying, no, oh, I got good relationships and all, but good doesn't cut it. You know, you need those great relationships. And, and I would say, you know, if you're really going to make that shift for the long term, you got to start investing in those relationships, switch to this these views of EX and, and CX and use them to change the way that people perceive tech and the way that they receive technology to better help their operation.
1: Great, let's make it happen, 2022.
2: Big year. Good stuff.
1: All right, well, thanks for the conversation, Matt. Very exciting in
2: 2022. Cool, thank you for having me. I'm looking forward to it. If you
0: like what you heard today, subscribe to Forrester's What It Means podcast on iTunes, Google Podcasts, and Spotify or your favorite podcast player. To continue the conversation, follow Forrester on Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn. Thanks for listening.